And there we go, everyone. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counterattack. And unlike last year when I went away on my little travels and I came back to do a podcast, I'm not going to do a podcast when I'm out and about. I'd rather do it when I'm back with all my setup, with my gear and my main man, Travis. So Travis, it's good to have you back on the podcast, my friend. How are you doing this week? Good to be here. Yeah, not too bad. A little bit busy, but... um it's all good stuff liking the threads there some nice design you've got wearing yeah shout out to hamza for this one the uh beautiful ac milan shirt gifted to me i'm uh thought i'd give it a debut on the podcast tonight and i'm the one without the football shirt tonight because my football <laughs> shirts are in the wash and i've not cleaned them properly so i have to make do with a normal off-brand shirt and the camera angle that we've got here so it's perfectly fine either way um which is all good um, but yeah, if you're tuning into this podcast, we are doing another draft. And it's just between me and Travis this time. So it's going to be quite fun to get going with this one, as this is basically an all time Scandinavian 11 podcast. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this draft will work as well. Um, 442 formation. We're going to be talking about some of the best ever players to play in Scandinavia and across the world and to win Champions League, to win Premier Leagues, La Ligas, all sorts. And there's so much to talk about with some of these amazing players. And it's going to be quite wild because a lot of these amazing players, Travis, are strikers. So it's going to be quite difficult if we're going to do a 4-4-2 formation and trying to fit them all in. And I just kind of wanted to know before we get into it, like, what's your main kind of thought process on a Scandinavian footballer now from when you were growing up? Because now two of the best five players in the Premier League are Scandinavian. Um, back, let's say, 10 years ago, it wasn't really the case, was it, Travis? What do you think? No, you're quite right. It's um, the profile of, of football in these nations seems to be improving massively sort of year on year. And like you say, we've obviously right now, they both happen to be Norwegian, but yeah, two players in Odegaard and Haaland who are two of the best players in our league. Um, it, it's quite nice to see really. Obviously you want to see different nations thriving and playing well and having great players. We don't want, you know, all the best players in the world to come from Germany or Spain or Brazil. Uh, so it's quite nice to see, to be fair. It's good diversity there. And I'm looking forward to seeing who we can mention and who we can re- kind of remember um, on this all-time list as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we've got and where we're kind of going with this one as well. So for everyone listening, play along as you normally do and do share on our social medias when you do set up your um, all-time Scandinavian draft. And let's get into it, Travis. We're going for wild cards first. We're going for goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders and attackers in the 4-4-2 variation of your choice. For everyone listening, there's a maximum of three players per nation. So we can't go all the way Swedish. We definitely can't go all the way Danish and we definitely can't go all the way Norwegian as well. So we're going to have to find loopholes in Finland, find loopholes in Faroe Islands and definitely find loopholes in Iceland as well. And we're going to have to try and find the best Scandinavian team with a limit of three players per nation. Let's go, Travis. Let's go. I'm ready for this one. The jet lag definitely isn't talking, but actually you don't get jet lag. Everyone says you don't get jet lag for two hours, but I feel jet lagged all the time, um, even when I don't fly. But yeah, let's get into this, Travis. We're flying all the way off to Scandinavia for our Scandinavian draft of all time. Your first choice as your wild card. And again, it's not Premier League related. It's all time from all leagues. So by all means, go for it, Travis. Let's go. Um it's funny you say it's not Premier League related. My wild card is going to be a Premier League player, a current shock. Premier League player. Shock. It's probably That's the a easiest, shock, isn't it, everyone? Easiest selection ever, Erling Haaland. Oh, um, I was very, 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 very tempted with a certain very tall Swedish striker. Um, but no, I just think Haaland's the, the real deal, isn't he? He's unbelievable. So yeah, Erling Haaland is my, uh, my wild card. Hold on now. You know, we talk... We, we big up our wildcards quite a lot on this podcast. And if I'm going to big up Erling Haaland, I've got to ask you the all-important question. Could Erling Haaland be the best ever Scandinavian footballer of all time? What do you think? I'd say... I'm not going to say he's already the best. Oh, that, that would have been proper <laughs> Premier League bias right there. He's, he's already up there, isn't he? I mean, if you think of players with... Obviously, quality-wise, he's definitely up there massively. I think what's holding him back at the moment is just the fact that he's so young and he hasn't got the legacy of, say, an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as Zlatan Ibrahimovic. In terms of quality, he's got to be one of the very best, if not the best. I'd probably say like top three Scandinavian players of all time already, but he's definitely got the potential to be number one if he carries on the way he's going. 
I think with the quality that has got now, all he has to do it is on the international stage. When Erling Haaland does it on the international stage, that's when it will become scary for the world because we're seeing it at Manchester City. But in a way, a lot of people have just accepted defeat with Manchester City with how good they are under Pep Guardiola over the last five, six Premier League seasons. They've won five Premier League trophies. So it's not that much different domestically. It's just in the Champions League when he's gone above and beyond to score four or five goals against RB Leipzig in different ties as well, getting them to the Champions League final and doing quite well in, in that respect in that final. Even though he didn't score, he did really well against that back three defence um, of Inter Milan. But it goes to show that Erling Haaland has the world at his feet right at this moment in time. Champions League fans will be loving watching him against this quite easy group that they've got going on. And in the Premier League, he makes it look very easy for Manchester City that you're just like, oh, has he just scored two goals this week? Yeah, he has, but that's what we expect from Erling Haaland these days. And uh, unfortunately, it's great to see from a neutral point of view, but as I'm a Man United fan, I can't really enjoy it as much as I wanted to because there was a time when Erling Haaland could have joined Manchester United and that will be a big pain because to be fair, if he did join Man United, like a lot of big money Man United signings, he would have just gone downhill. So wouldn't have been the, wouldn't have been the best of moves for Erling Haaland. One player who did move to Manchester United and it wasn't a big money signing, it was a free signing. Uh, was Latan Ibrahimovic. So coming back from Sweden, I asked a lot of Swedish fans who is their greatest player of all time. All but one said as uh, Latan Ibrahimovic. One fan said someone else who hopefully I'll get to mention later on. But Latan Ibrahimovic is the carbon copy of what a lo- what a striker would be like nowadays as well. Everyone wants to design their perfect striker of what they would look like. They look at Erling Haaland. Latan Ibrahimovic was the original in terms of a Scandinavian maestro with the ball he could control the ball in midair he could score amazing headers acrobatics the acrobatic goal he scored for Sweden in that friendly against England back in 2012-2013 season was unreal scoring four goals against England but it's last time of him which was a journeyman and he went to different countries won leagues in different countries won big trophies in different countries um and I have to put him in my team because I know for a fact, if you have Zlatan and Haaland in your team as your front two, Travis, there's no way in hell I'm winning this. So I've got to keep, <laughs> I've, I've got to keep Zlatan away from you by all means necessary. And you've kind of, you've kind of forced my hand there for picking Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So uh, Erling Haaland for you, Zlatan Ibrahimovic for me, but it means I picked one of my Swedish players already, which I'm not looking forward to um, later on in this podcast. But yeah, any thoughts on Zlatan Ibrahimovic when you were growing up? What was the kind of, feeling for you watching Zlatan Ibrahimovic for like Inter Milan or Juventus or PSG when when you were kind of enjoying the Swedish uh, maestro? Lions don't compare themselves to hum- to, uh, to humans. To be fair, I um, I didn't see too much of Zlatan growing up. By the, time, by the time I'd grown up enough to be into football, he was already at PSG. So my opinion of him was he was a bit of a, you know, uh, maybe not necessarily overrated but he's playing in an easy league banging goals in against farmers and when he came to united honestly, that's what erling Haaland's doing now he's playing against farmers <laughs> you're not wrong to be fair um but but yeah when he came to united i was of the opinion oh he's gonna get exposed here he was what 35 36 when he came to united 36 when he came to my yeah. life and i was of the opinion oh he's gonna be you know past it he's gonna be uh, exposed at United. It's the first time he's played in a hard league in 10 years, etc., etc. And he just proved me totally and completely wrong. Um, he was one of the best players United have signed in the um, post-Sir Alex Ferguson era. Probably, you know, just thinking off the top of my head, I can't really think of anyone who's performed better for the club who's been signed since Fergie left. Um, Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes is up there, yeah. He came to mind immediately after finishing that sentence. Um, but it's, it, even me, I'm thinking of all the good players and you're thinking of someone like, I'm thinking of someone like Daley Blind, who was good at what he did for £14 million, but then you're thinking of someone like Anthony for £80 million, who we won't talk about now. But it goes to show the value of a player isn't in the transfer fee, it's in what they can actually bring to the team and, Zlatan Ibrahimovic definitely did that for free as opposed to 80 million, 90 million, 100 million pound plays that Man United have spent uh, recklessly on over the last 10 years, which is embarrassing. Yeah, and I think that the big thing is, obviously you've just signed um, Hoyland, another Scandinavian striker. He's yes. Danish, isn't he? Yeah. He is. Um, if, how, how much was it? About 70 million, something like that, Hoyland? Yeah, 65, 70 million with add-ons yeah, and all of that. Put, put it this way, if Hoyland 
has the same output as Latan had for United, um, he'll go down as a great signing at 70 million at 20 odd years old. That's true. Zlatan came and did that as a 36 year old on a free transfer. That's um, yeah. Bit, bit, big stuff from Zlatan. I was very, very uh, you know impressed by him when he came to the Premier League. I thought it was a shame when he left. I think he had a, a couple of little injury issues, didn't he? He had, he had a big a, injury. Yeah. He got an ACL injury against, uh, I think Anderlecht in the Europa League. And that yeah. took him out for like six, seven months and he still continued playing. And that's like a, career-threatening injury at that time of, of, a, of a career as well, 35, 36 years old as well. At that age, that's a career ender, nine times out of ten, yeah. Anyone but Zlatan, basically. <laughs> Literally, like he said before, lines don't recover like humans as well. And yes, that is how Zlatan Amrovic did talk, re- referring to himself as a line, as did I when I was in um, Sweden, and as does Travis every time <laughs> he plays football. So it's, it's as good as gold, which is great. Um, but yeah, that also brings me to that point I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about Harry Kane being a £100 million bargain. It could be the case as well of him scoring quite a lot of goals, but for £100 million, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to justify. He's going to get most of those goals against Man United in the Champions League, I think. Both ties. Match week one and match week six. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't need to go to the games at all. I don't need to go and watch Man United. <laughs> I'll watch something else on TV at the time. I'll, I'll watch like yeah, a Soka. Yeah, put EastEnders on. <laughs> I'll put a Soka on date on Disney+. Plus. I was meant to watch that. And like, we watched it when it came back. I was like, oh, it's, just a, it's just a fun show. I'll watch it properly later on. No spoilers for anyone who's watching this as well. Um, but yeah, that's our wild cards. Erling Haaland and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We're right and we're ready about the Scandinavian uh, all-time draft. This is no joke, people. Uh, goalkeepers, Travis, where are you going with this one? You've picked already a Norwegian player. Are you going to go for a Norwegian goalkeeper as well? Um, I probably couldn't name a Norwegian goalkeeper off the top of my head. What I can name is a Danish goalkeeper, a very good one. Mm. Um, I'm going to go for Peter Schmeichel, as you probably would have guessed. So you're uh, going for the biggest and best Scandinavian goalkeeper, potentially even one of the best goalkeepers in Premier League history. Potentially one of the best goalkeepers in Manchester United's history, and you're picking him for your team. Yeah, this is not good. This is not good for me. I'm too. I'm too <laughs> generous with these picks of letting you, you go are. first. You really but are too generous. Yeah, that's that's how I have to challenge myself, though. So yeah, um, Peter Schmeichel, talk to me, Travis. What what can you tell us about him that a lot of fans don't know already? Um, I, I probably couldn't tell you anything that people don't know about Schmeichel, but one thing I would say as to why he walks into my team is, I think any draft that Peter Schmeichel could possibly be involved in he probably would get into the team I can't think of you know if you went Champions League draft he's probably in a lot of people's teams Man United draft he's in everyone's Premier League is probably in most people's a Scandinavian draft I think he just walks into um so yeah I I was hoping I was going to get the first pick with goalkeeper so I could uh, throw him in there because I think looking at the rest of the options he's the the safest choice other than Haaland he was the one that I wanted most so happy I've got him nah it's all good because I need to go for someone who I'm going to I'm going to play a bit play a bit of a a long game with this one as well and I'm going to go for UC Jaskalainen um, with this one I didn't like any of the Swedish keepers Isaacson Rob Olsen Barrison goalkeepers how is how is the backup goalkeeper for Aston Villa the number one goalkeepers for Sweden I will never know they deserve better these Swedish fans and he was awful um, when I went to watch him. Everyone watched my match day vlog. It's already out now. It's on YouTube. Um, go ahead and enjoy it of Sweden versus Austria. But yeah, I'm going for UC Jaskalainen, the Bolton cult hero or legend as they would call him. He's a Premier League cult hero for sure. Um, Finnish goalkeeper for quite a few number of years in the Premier League. Played at uh, Bolton and West Ham respectively. Um, it's just basically because, like I said, I need to diversify my team. And I think this is one of the three positions where I think I can diversify my team um, with a different nation as opposed to Norway, Sweden and Denmark, which will be the main three as well. So yeah, I'm going for UC Eskalainen. Um, Let's go to right back. Where's your first choice right back going for this one, Travis? It's really tough this because looking at the options there, there aren't really any. So Mm. I feel like I'm going to probably have to shunt somebody out to right back from centre half you're not putting Kulisewski right back are you um, no I can't do that to my boy <laughs> not after his performance at the weekend but um, he was he was awful against Austria but he's sick against Sheffield United on the highlights and I'm just kind of <laughs> there like you can't do it for your country but you can do it for your club and then the same with Isaac as well Alexander Isaac was just there like just couldn't do anything couldn't score any chances 
And then against for Newcastle, just like, yeah, it's cool. It's, I'm back to normal. I'm like, nah, didn't like it at all. Then again, it happened with Victor Lindelof as well. Awful against um, Brighton and then awful against Austria as well. So wasn't great for Victor Lindelof as well. But um, who are you shutting out to your right back position? Um, I'm going to diversify here. Mm-hmm. Um, three different nations for the three different positions so far. I'm going for a finish centre-back at right-back. That's going to be Sammy Hippier. No! Excellent player. How are you putting Sammy Hippier right-back, man? Oh, my day. I just think if I'm looking at the remainder of the centre-back options, although Hippier, I would say, is the best centre-back on the list, Mm. I also think he's the most capable. If I was going to want to put any of them at right-back, I'd probably want to put him there because I feel like he's going to be best suited to play in there. There's a Danish centre-back that I really want, but I think he's left-footed, so I wouldn't put him right back. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the other options, I just wouldn't feel comfortable putting him there. I think Hippie was was so dependable at the back that you probably could have put him anywhere across the back four and he'd have done a job. So, although it's probably a little bit disrespectful to him because, like I say, he's probably the best centre-back on that list, I'm uh, I'm going to go for Sammy Hippie at right back. Nicely done. Um, my right back, I'm going to go for a Danish right back. And I'm going to go for Joachim Mähler, um, one of the key players for Denmark in that instrumental European Championship um, run in 2021 for the Euro 2020. He scored an amazing goal. He also played as a inverted left back as well, so he can play on both on both flanks. So he's definitely going to make it into my team with the versatility that he has as well. So Joachim Mähler is my first Danish player um, in my team and at right back, which is pretty good. Uh, what else is pretty good, Travis, is your first choice of centre-back because I think I know who you're picking for your first choice. So let's hear it, my friend. Where are you going with this one? I'm going for someone who I've always had a soft spot for. Um, I think one of the most underrated centre-backs in my lifetime in the Premier League. Daniel Agger, I'm going for. Um, used to play for Liverpool. I-, I just think he was really, really good. I think he was also a little bit ahead of his time in that he was quite good on the ball. I think he would fit into modern day systems a little bit more than he would necessarily fit into systems in the sort of late 2000s um, when he was at Liverpool. But yeah, Daniel Agger is my first choice. With Daniel Agger as well, this is a time where Liverpool were kind of challenging for top four. They were challenging for the league as well. And One thing that I never really got with Rafa Benitez, and it really annoyed me, was the fact that he'd always played Jamie Carragher and Skirtle. Jamie Carragher and Daniel Agger. We never played Skirtle and Agger together because I think that would have been a lethal partnership. They were the best pair. pair And people are like, oh, you can't go to Carragher. It is Liverpool through and through. And I'm like, that was, even at the time, it was such an old-fashioned notion to play players because they're from that academy. They're from that team. They wanted to win. If Liverpool really wanted to win, unpopular opinion from my point of view, and I think Travis, you'd agree as well. Daniel Agger and Martin Skirtle would have been a title-challenging centre-back partnership as well. And it just w- it was something that I thought wasn't really the case for um, for Liverpool. But yeah, great shot with Daniel Agger. Loved the long-range shot. Loved the header as well. Got to the Champions League final with Liverpool in 2007 in his first season, if I, if I remember correctly as well. So yeah, fantastic centre-back for Daniel Agger to be in your team. Um, my first centre-back I'm going for... I'm going for Ronnie Johnson. He was a centre-back that was instrumental for Manchester United in the 1999 treble winning season where he did have Peter Schmeichel behind him as well. But it goes to show that Ronnie Johnson is probably the least mentioned player in that starting eleven in the two, in the 1999 um, treble winning season for Man United. Travis earlier said that we're the dream team and we're like Cole and York. I think we could have been like Yap Sam and Rodney Johnson at centre-back as well. Next time we're playing football, Travis, we'll be like, we'll just be like those two as well, which is incredible. But Rodney Johnson was a fantastic ball-playing centre-back as well. He was someone who could clean up and sweep up after fast attackers and he was deceivingly quick as a centre-back as well. The fact that he played for Manchester United for the years that he did. He had a really good podcast with the Man United podcast and it was great to learn about his point of view as well coming into side and that was when foreigners weren't as popular in terms of big transfers and, and he was a small transfer coming into the side so the Norwegian centre-back Ronnie Jonsson is my first choice centre-back which will be good fun good fun very nice um, centre-back number two for you where are you going with this one um, I'm picking this one more so to diversify mm. um, I'm going to get my first Swedish player in there I'm going for Victor Lindelof 
because um, at the minute I've got um, two Danish players, a Norwegian and a Finnish player. So Victor Lindelof is going to be my first uh, Swedish choice. Probably wouldn't have been my first choice centre-back. There's a couple more on this list that I'm looking at that I probably prefer the look of, but I'm very aware that I'm rushing through uh, my options. And I think Lindelof's solid. I, I quite like Lindelof. I think in a more steady team with a leader of a centre-half next to him is a decent enough centre-back, especially as a as a squad player. So, yeah, I'm going for Victor Lindelof. Damn it. I'm so insulted that you picked him um, in your team, but I'm also impressed that you picked him in your team because you said you wanted to diversify from where you got, we went from him as well. So I don't blame you at all. He's a fantastic player to have in your team for your all-time Scandinavian team captain of Sweden at this moment in time as well someone who used to take free kicks for Benfica actually and used to take free kicks for Sweden now at Manchester United he's just used as like annoyingly sometimes used as a scapegoat because we don't have many great centre-backs at this moment in time uh, for Manchester United but yeah Victor Lindhoff is a fantastic choice for you good choice for your Swedish pick as well that was your first one wasn't it first Swedish pick uh, yes yeah first yeah. Swedish pick yeah nicely done so you stole Hippier you stole um, Lindelof Michael. from me so definitely stole, stole Schmeichel from me as well I've now got to remember so I've got Jasko Leinen I've got Zlatan Ibrahimovic I've got Joachim Mailer so I've got Sweden I've got Finland and I've got Denmark and Norway and I've got Norway so because you've taken Haaland I think I'll go for another Norway centre-back. I'm going to go for Henningberg. He's a centre-back that used to play for Manchester United as well. He was also around a time when Manchester United won the treble and he's a free-time Manchester United... No, he's a free-time Premier League winning centre-back as well. He won it with Blackburn Rovers and he won it twice with Manchester United as well. So I'll have to go for another centre-back instead of going for a Danish centre-back, which I probably should have gone for. But I know I, I may need a Danish player later on down the line as well. So I'm going to use my, my centre-backs early in Norway times two with um, Henningberg. Actually, no, I have to just double check. Is Hellenberg from Norway? Pretty he sure is Norwegian. He is. Yeah. He's Norwegian. Yeah. Nicely done. Nicely done. Um, yeah. Left back. Go for it, Travis. I'm a little bit stuck here because I'm... I can only think of two for left back. So Yeah. yeah. I, I'm thinking two options, but I don't know. My, my first pick is a very obvious uh, Norwegian. Um, Go I'm for it. I'm trying to decide whether I want to save my do it. Norwegian do it. You know, picks. You know you want to do it. Do it. I'm going to go for it, yeah. I'm going to go for John Arnorisa at left-back. Um, in my opinion, probably the best left-back on the list by quite a long way. Um, there was a sort of streets won't forget shout for me at left-back, which I'm hoping you're going to pick. Um, if you don't, I'll give you a little shout-out to him. But no, Arisa just had it all. He was powerful, quick, had an absolute bullet of a left foot on him. Um, yeah, quality player. I think he was one of those players that everyone liked regardless of the, the club just because he was so unique Alan Smith didn't like him he broke Alan <laughs> Smith's ankle from a free kick that's how powerful his shot was um, which was unreal he, he Alan Smith charged up from a free kick to try and to try and block this free kick it's one of those free kicks where you like tap it and then the player runs onto it circa Roberto Carlos type free kick and then his ankle just snapped and I was like oh my days this is painful and it was really really bad as well from him uh, Alan Smith but John Henry's had a powerful left foot as well played in the Premier League for a long period of time as well and realistically you think we all know him from his Liverpool days as well as his Fulham days as well but yeah nice shout out there for John Arnorisa and for me personally I have to go for this one for again for diversification shout out to all the defenders we didn't pick so I'm going to go for Andreas Christensen Martin Lawson Olaf Melberg um that's kind of it from my point of view, but I'm going to have to go for Herman Horidison as my left back. Um, former Portsmouth left back, I think he was. Portsmouth, uh, yeah. Yeah, Portsmouth left back is from Finland. So that's another Finnish player out of my list as well, which is perfectly fine. So I'm really happy with the fact that I could go for Herman Horidison, who I've seen in the Premier League. He had done really good in the big games for Portsmouth. And I believe he was an FA Cup winner as well for Portsmouth back in 2008. So, yes, that's the end of our defence and our goalkeepers I think you've won that pretty convincingly so now it's time to try and claw something back for me from my side so uh, midfielders I'll start with this one which will be perfectly fine I'm going for a 4-4-2 I'm going to go for a 4-4-2 flat so I'm going to go for a 4-4-2 flat 
Yeah, me too. Uh, because there's a few wingers I can put into this, but it's more along the lines of the strikers that I want. So I'm going to go for a 4 3 2 flat. So right midfielder, I'm going to go for someone who I can't not have him in my team. Um, it's Freddie Jumberg. So Freddie Jumberg has to be my guy at right mid for for the Arsenal Invincible. He is a right, he's an Arsenal Invincible in the 2003-2004 season. And I believe I saw him when I was in Stockholm as well. He's wearing a green cap. I was recording my go I was recording on my GoPro. I was walking around um, Stockholm and I'm just like, I'm sure that's Freddie Jumberg. And then when I said out loud, is that Freddie Jumberg? He walked ever so quick. So I couldn't find him after I crossed the road. I was like, where is this guy going? And then my wife was like, where did he go? I was like, I might chase him, you know? And then I was like, let me try and chase it. So I tried to chase after Freddie Jumberg. And if I get the GoPro footage out later and I actually do find it, if that is Freddie Jumberg, I'm going to clip this up, put the me the video of me chasing Freddie Jumberg um, across Stockholm. And it will be quite funny. But yeah, Freddie Jumberg is an all-time Arsenal great. He's someone that will be a Premier League cult hero for what he's done in the Premier League. He was in the Swedish 2002 World Cup squad and 2006 World Cup. He was imperative to how Sweden played football. And he was their main man before a young Zlatan Ibrahimovic came onto the stage as well. And another certain striker who we may mention later uh, took centre stage as well. So unfortunately for me, that's number two pick for um, Freddie Jumberg for my team as well. So where are we going with this one, Travis? Are we sticking with Sweden or are we going elsewhere for your for your pick? I think anyone who's listened to me do drafts before knows how biased I am to try and get Tottenham players in there wherever I can. And uh, this one's just an open goal. So yeah, stick with the same nation. Dejan Kulosevsky is going in at right midfield for me. Um, he's the kind of player I think would actually be brilliant in a flat 4-4-2 on the right-hand side. I think just playing a little bit deeper, I think he would nah, be so it's good. Not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. Because I saw him on the flat 4-4-2 against Austria and he was, he got all the space and all the time in the world, which is great. But his end product was lacking so much because he never had more runners going going with him, which really annoyed me. His fullback was too far back. His centre midfielders was always hanging in the middle. And it was just like the two strikers, Isaksen and Jirakes, I think, were the two strikers he had to aim in for as well. So uh, I think if he had better quality in a flat 4-4-2, it would work really well. And he had a roaming centre midfielder. That would be excellent. But from what I saw in a flat 4-4-2, I'm like, just stick to that hand system, mate. You were good with the hand system. Um, Kulisevsky and they want their manager sacked now Sweden so hopefully they get a new manager coming in which would be great fun indeed uh, but yeah shout out to Dejan Kulisevsky amazing footballer former Juventus player and uh, obviously now a big player for Tottenham Hotspur which is good um, centre midfielders this will be very tricky for me oh, I've got, so I've used two from Finland two from Sweden two from Norway there's a striker from Iceland I want to put in because he played as a midfielder in his latter years, but I'm not going to put him in because it will look stupid on a 4-4-2 flat. So I'm not going to put him into that place and you may pick him later. You may pick him later. I think you've only used one um, one Finnish player, actually, not two. Uh, two, two. At my notes are two Swedish, two Norwegian, one Finnish, one Danish, one Icelandic. Oh yeah. Her, that makes seven, which you picked so far. Where's Herman Horidesen from? Iceland. Iceland? Yeah, okay, that's cool. Just one Iceland. That's cool. So I can still use another Finnish player I've got in mind, but he's more of a striker as well. So even for B, um, you know what? Gung ho with it, Christian Eriksen. I'm no, take him. I'm taking him. <laughs> oh, I really wanted him. I'm okay. taking him because I needed that flair. I needed the boy in midfield, and there's three more Danish midfielders I could put into the side. But instead of going for the best ever Danish midfielder. I went for Christian Eriksen, who will definitely be up there by the end of his career in terms of what he's done for his country. Um, it's quite nice to go to the Copenhagen Stadium recently, and I got to see the Danish National Stadium, which is also where they play their games. It was a fantastic experience to see um, the, the stadium, how a lot of the locals still remember the Christian Eriksen incident uh, back in the Euro 2021 um, game against um, Finland, I think it was. Um, but it goes to show how well received and well loved the Danish national team is, and he was a he still is a national hero. It's even like um, Simon Kier. We didn't even mention Simon Kier as one of our Danish players. Oh, but no, shout out to him, yeah. Shout out to him especially, which was really good. Or Kasper Schmeichel um, as well. So, got a shout well, out. I, I thought you would pick him when I picked Peter. I thought you'd pick Kasper. I'm doing this stupid thing of saving till later, but it's more like Russian roulette, this type of draft. And um, it's really annoying because I feel like I have to go for like a 
an Icelandic uh, striker to partner Zlatan Ibrahimovic later, which ain't going to be great um, at all. But yeah, Christian Eriksen is my guy. Um, just before we move on, Travis, being a Spurs fan and being a Man United fan, we both have a mutual respect and I would say, dare I say, our love for Christian Eriksen as well. Share with me your favourite Christian Eriksen moment in uh, Tottenham Hotspur show. Oh, that's a really good question. So many. The first one that immediately springs to mind was from 2015, I want to say, mm. which was a um, uh, a FA Cup quarterfinal, semi-final, I can't remember, a, a latter stage FA Cup game. We played Sheffield United. Oh, that I was think... the League Cup. Ah, League Cup was it? Yeah, that makes yeah, more yeah. sense. Um, we were yeah drawing quite late on in the game, free kick, and he just popped up and smashed it in. There was also a period for Spurs in the 16-17 season where we won, I think, a good four, five, maybe six games in the space of a couple of months, either 1-0 or 2-1 or 3-2 by a single goal where Ericsson popped up with a goal really late on and it, it became Coming a bit freaky. Clubs. Yeah, it became a bit freaky how, how often it was happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just had so many moments for Spurs. And look, I was gutted when he left. I, I really was. But with so many of the great players that have left Tottenham in the last few years, you know, I couldn't blame him. You know, Walker, Kane more recently, a um, couple of others as well. But people leaving because we have never had the ambition to to match their ambition and what they want to do. So, yeah, I can't say I ever blamed him for leaving Tottenham. I was just gutted to see him go. No, he's a fantastic player and... A player that we get to appreciate kind of now in Manchester United, but he's just playing in a different position. He's not as further forward as he once was, not even playing as a winger like he did in a Pochettino, an inverted winger. He's now playing as a deep-playing playmaker. And annoyingly, he's getting, he's getting sought after by a lot of fans online in terms of, oh, he's not tracking back, he's not doing this, he's not doing that. But it's not his natural position. And I've always said with Christian Eriksen and Bruno Fernandes, if you want to play them together, you have to play them both as attacking midfielders and I think on the weekend Ericsson Hag was up to something in a 4-4-2 diamond when you've got two holding midfielders in Casemiro and McTominay to then allow Ericsson and Bruno Fernandes to flourish but we just have to wait and see how he does and I still think he gets ahead of Mason Mount in this Manchester United side even when Mason Mount is fit so I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully some more good memories of Christian Ericsson doing well for Manchester United my favourite memory is probably the first time I got to watch him live um, for Manchester United and that was against Real Sociedad and it was just the fact that he had such poise and grace on the ball as well and it's really annoying because in that game in that game Travis he played as a CM centre mid with Casemiro and guess who played as an attacking midfielder behind Cristiano Ronaldo I'll let you guess um, it's going to be someone ridiculous McTominay he played Fred Fred <laughs> as an attacking midfielder so I know That's you said on, I know you said on the weekend, yeah, like sometimes I like to back Ericsson Hargis. Like sometimes you have to dig out the manager. First time I digged out the manager, I was like, why are you playing Fred as an attacking midfielder when you've got Christian Ericsson, one of the best attacking midfielders in Premier League, in recent Premier League history, as a CM next to Casemiro? It was embarrassing. I'm just like, still held his own, still did really good on the ball. And I just think with Christian Eriksen it's just a joy of a player to watch you can I can spend a good five ten minutes just watching Christian Eriksen on the ball off the ball finding positions scanning the ball and that's what great midfielders have done and I genuinely genuinely believe Christian Eriksen might be in Spurs's list of top five midfielders of all time with how good he's been for Tottenham even though they haven't really won anything when he was there but in terms of the quality he delivered year in year out for Tottenham Hotspur under Mauricio Pochettino especially and in that developing young side that you had as well. I, I'd put that as a shout as Christian Eriksen being in the top five Spurs midfielders of all time. I'll let everyone mull over that and I'll let Travis have a think about that as he moves on to his first choice centre midfielder. Um, yeah, you've made it difficult for me there. He was my first choice all day long, but I've pivoted, I've moved along and I think I'm going to go for... Martin Odegaard. I'm going mm. to put him in, in central midfield. I know it's not his natural position, but... It, it has to be done because I was going to go for Odegaard, but I knew you'd pick Ericsson. So I was like, it's one or the other for me. So I was yeah. like, it needed to be done. What yeah, I am... Um, yeah, I'm... Look, it pains me to say it because obviously he plays for, for Arsenal and he's their captain at the moment, but what a player. He's just so, so good. And I mean, people are talking a lot about this summer our signing of James Madison for 40 million being a bargain. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Odegaard, you know, last summer, whenever he joined permanently, 
I think he was around the same sort of fee. So if you're talking about Madison being a bargain for, for 40 million, no one really seems to talk about it with, with Odegaard, but what, what a signing. He's just, yeah, so good. I'm really hoping that Man City come along and snatch him up to replace De Bruyne. So <laughs> takes a huge cog out of Arsenal's machine. But uh, I mean, I apparently that they're, they're calling Julian Alvarez Julian De Bruyne these days now as well because of his two assists on the weekend against West Ham. So they're getting <laughs> a, a winger slash striker into an attacking midfielder of De Bruyne-esque quality. So Pep Guardo could mould him into anything he wants, really, which would be insane. So um, shout out to Martin Odegaard for being a fantastic player and actually making Arsenal a very enjoyable team um, to watch as well. His poise on the ball, his grace on the ball. We've spoken about his dribbling before. Goes to show how talented talented he is as a as a centre midfielder. And is one of your Norwegian picks. So he was potentially going to be my final Norwegian pick as well. But I can't go for him um, just yet. Yeah, it loses me a couple of options in that striker position, which I would have been looking at with um, with some intent. But you no, pick the main Norwegian choice. striker, Travis. You're fine. Don't worry. Yeah, about yeah, that's true. Back. I don't. I don't need another one. Yeah, you can actually go. For, you can go for four, five, one if you needed to. With a second striker, if needs be. Yeah, you're um, quite right. Yeah. Uh, so I've got one more Danish pick that I'm going to chuck in right about now because I believe there's a winger on another country that I want to use, um, and I think I'll use him. So I'm going to go for Michael Laudrup as my centre midfielder to partner Christian Eriksen, who I alluded to earlier as being the best ever Danish footballer. Um, outfield footballer besides Peter Schmeichel as well. He was someone who brought a Barca style of play um, to Denmark. He is one of the reasons why Denmark was so successful in Euro 1992 when they didn't even qualify. They didn't even qualify for the tournament because of a technicality. I'm using a lot of Andy Andy Tate references as well. Um, (laughs) Don't know why, it just came to me. Um, But yeah, um, um, uh, and yes, Michael Laudrup is catalyst for Denmark being such a great ball playing team in the, in the early 90s and actually winning the European Championships before England have as well so it goes to show that they're still one of the most successful um, European teams because of that European Championship and still the successful um, successful one sec there's a fly in here uh, successful Scandinavian teams of all time which is pretty good and it goes to show that it's just one of the good ones um, for Martin yeah, Michael Laudra. This fly is really annoying. You know when you got a buzz <laughs> next to you, it's just completely really... throwing you off your game. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. It happens a lot, um, unfortunately. But yeah, Michael Laudra, Christian Eriksen. I believe that's my three Danish players all used up. So yeah, that's right. I can't use certain strikers that we'll mention later from Denmark, which is not great at all. So I'm going to have to rely upon um, where you're going with this one. So where are you going with this one, Travis? For your second choice centre midfielder. I'm diversifying again. Um, it's going to be a very attacking midfield lineup, this one, but I'm going for Gilfie Sigurdsson, my first Icelandic pick. Um, Is he allowed? In what sense? In the sense of what he's done or been accused of doing? or Well, it's all accusations and allegations, isn't it? Until anything's proven, he's in my team. It's actually um, true, because we're the footballers. It's, it's guilty until proven innocent, as opposed to innocent until proven guilty. So, Yeah, it's a diff- difficult topic, because obviously, you know, the normal rules don't apply when it's a, uh, a public figure. But I think that's a whole other podcast entirely, isn't it? So <laughs> Russell, Russell Brand entirely yeah, agree with you on that one. We'll try and avoid that if we can, but um, strictly sticking to his uh, is on the pitch ability. Um, I've just always been a huge fan of Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, I think Tottenham made a huge mistake letting him go at the time. Um, it was obviously a long time ago, but when we let him go, I think he was probably our best midfielder. Bearing in mind that we had, um, you know, we'd not yet signed Ericsson to my knowledge. Um, he was just, yeah, brilliant. Really, really good player. So tidy on the ball. Obviously had that long range shooting ability that not many players are able to master, but he could. Um, we sold him to Swansea and then he became a bit of a, a cult hero there. Um, I think there was good, probably two or three seasons where um, Sigurdsson probably single-handedly kept them in the Premier League. Um, Fernando Llorente did his job as well, but it was when them two left that, they immediately just went down after that. And I think that was a testament to just how good he was and how irreplaceable, irreplaceable sorry, he was to 
a, a lower half of the table team. So yeah, Sigurdsson's in there for me. It's a shame his career has gone the way it has done since he joined Everton. But um, yeah, the less said about that poison chalice of a club, the better probably. Indeed it is. Uh, moving on to my left midfielder, not a winger per se, because he also played at left back at times. This is another one that I could say the streets will never forget. It is my final Norwegian pick. I'm going out on a limb for this one. He had a wonder of a left foot. He was someone in the Premier League where whenever you would play against this team, you would think of him immediately because of his strikingly blonde hair, his incredible wonder of a left foot, like I said as well, and his amazing name, Morton Gamps Pedersen. Going for him as like my left winger. I'm so glad you picked this one because obviously I've just finished my Norwegian picks with Odegaard. Mm. I couldn't not pick Odegaard really, but yeah. I desperately, desperately wanted Pedersen left left mid. So I'm really glad you pick him. You've picked him so we can talk about him. He's just so. It's, if you talk about streets, we'll never forget. You'll normally think about like the flary players, the attacking players, the, the players that brought joy to the game. But I still put Morton Gantz Pedersen in that list because he did have a bit of flair. He did have an amazing technique of volleys, of crosses, free kicks. I remember always like, trying to buy him on FIFA 08 and 09 as like a backup winger for Ryan Giggs because he's always retiring in the season that you're playing with Man United and you're like, you need another left winger. Who you can go for? Morton Gantz Pedersen with the ball in. It would have been really good to see him at a bigger club than Blackburn, respectively. But he was a fantastic player and he contributed a lot in terms of free kick goals. Yeah, do you remember that? He scored a lot of free kicks, Morton Gatsby. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had crazy, crazy left foot, didn't he? He was just, yeah, such a, a flair player and a, a great player. And like you say, streets won't forget is absolutely the phrase that first comes to mind when you think about him. I think what separates him from the rest of the streets won't forget players that sort of come to mind is... That sort of category of players is kind of, you, you know, you're a Delta Rabs and people like that. Like you mentioned, the flair players. Mm. I think Morton Gantz Pedersen had a bit of like, I'm struggling to think of the words without swearing, but he had a bit of a horrible streak to him and he could get stuck in and he'd get in a bit of a scrap. And he was that sort of player as well as being so good on the ball and such a flair player. And I don't think. There's many other streets, won't forget, type of players who had that about them, but he certainly did. And yeah, he's, he's just one of those Premier League legends that I think everybody loves. Absolutely. A few Premier League stats for him as well. He played 259 games in the Premier League, 34 goals, had 39 assists in the Premier League. And I think for a lot of people, with Morton Gantz Pedersen, they're like, oh yeah, he did this, he did that. But he actually contributed a lot to Blackburn Rovers staying in the Premier League season in, season out. Because when he ended up Leaving Blackburn Rovers, that's when they got relegated. I think they got relegated in 2012 when he actually did leave. Um, that was his final season. But when he was there from 2004 to 2012, he was a proper stalwart for Blackburn Rovers. And he was there to from the beginning to the end, really. And I think he's a fantastic player to watch. And if anyone here is listening in terms of who they want to learn from in terms of crossing a ball, best technique I've, I've seen from a mid-table player and that's no disrespect to him it's the fact that I think he could have gone a lot further a lot lot further um, than where he was respectively as well he's still playing as well can you believe he's 42 years old and he's still playing in uh, in Norway that is crazy is a player coach in Norway shout out Morgan more, shout out Morgan Gantz Pedersen man you're someone who made a lot of people happy with their left footed a lot of made a lot of people happy in terms of watching left-footed players and as you know and a lot of people know when you watch left-footed players they're normally aesthetically pleasing to watch on the eye and Morton Gantz Pedersen definitely was in the Premier League at the time so I would happily go for um, a shout for Morton Gantz Pedersen now I need to know who your shout is for your left midfielder Travis and which country you're going for um, I'm going for one that I'm hoping is screwing you over based on a brief comment you made earlier mm. I'm going back to Iceland again and I'm going for Ida Goodjonsson. You no what <laughs> how? How can you put Goodjonsson at left mid and hip here right back? Because Goodjonsson did play left mid at times. He did. He absolutely did. I know, I know, I know he did, but it's like it's a it's a disservice because honestly, like my, honestly, well, he was well, gonna be my second striker behind Zlatan. He would have been perfect for that as well, just playing that little centre forward number ten role just behind the big man up front. That would have been great. So I'm a little bit gutted that you haven't had him, but I just had to get him in there. Um, like I say, I've gone for a ridiculously attacking lineup. I've obviously got probably one of the most attacking left backs that Premier League seen with Risa. I've got two 
Uh, I've, got, I've got a winger on the right-hand side, a striker on the left-hand side, and two attacking midfielders and centre mid. I was just sticking with that all guns blazing, gung-ho approach of um, all-out attack. And uh, yeah, like I say, it feels a little bit of a disservice to put him on the left because he was definitely best at striker or at least sort of second striker behind the, the number nine. But um, he was good enough to play on the left as well. So I'm putting him in there. Uh, I think a lot of people forget that, again, this is a, a biased Tottenham pick because he did have a very brief loan spell at Tottenham in the uh, early 2010s. So he's going in there for me. And he's another one that I can claim as a uh, as a Tottenham player as well. Allow me to read out Ida Good Johnson's trophy cabinet. Just for everyone listening, in terms of if you've never heard of him, you're going to hear about him now. So seven-time Football of the Year for um, Icelandic Football of the Year. First, the first Icelandic player to win the Champions League with Barcelona, so has won one Champions League. The first Icelandic player to win two Premier Leagues with Chelsea. The first Icelandic player to win Spanish champion with Barcelona. He's actually the first Icelandic player to actually win the treble um, with Barcelona. You're getting my point. He's the trailblazer for Icelandic football on the biggest of stage, winning it with Barcelona. When Barcelona, when Pep Guardiola doesn't get rid of you in his first season and he and he likes the way that you play, because he can play with Messi, can play with Henri, can play with Eto. He was there when Ronaldinho left and he kept Idago Johnson. Like Pep Guardiola wanted Idago Johnson over Ronaldinho, which goes to show how cool Idago Johnson was on the ball. His style of play, his amazing technical ability for a second striker and he also won the Dutch championship in his younger days with PSV Eindhoven as well but Jose Mourinho rated him Pep Guardiola rated him if you didn't rate Idago Johnson growing up like it shows that you didn't really know much about football because Idago Johnson was a baller he was a top baller and unfortunately he did it really well against Man United a few times as well <laughs> Barcelona Chelsea especially first game of the season I'm on holiday um, I land where I think it was in Dubai. I'm on holiday. I land. I watch the highlights for the first game. I had a good Johnson scores at Stanford Bridge, and I'm like, oh my days, not this guy again. And he's just there all the time. And shout out to I had a good Johnson, man, a fantastic player and someone who I've appreciated when he grows up. And a lot of players nowadays play like I had a good Johnson, and that's a statement you won't hear a lot because people will be like, oh, it's just I had a good Johnson, don't really care about him. But he was ahead of his time, just like you said about Daniel Agger, fantastic player to watch and a fantastic. Um, Catalyst for Scandinavian and Icelandic football, respectively. Ah, right. Before we get on to our final strikers, um, any, any, what's the time? Well, I forgot. I forgot. Honorable any um, honourable mentions for our midfielders? Who have we got? Um, let's have a quick look. Um, I was very close to picking Thomas Delaney. Um, yeah, I, I was as the, well. Holding midfielder. Yeah, one of the most underrated midfielders I think in Europe over the last sort of 10 years so um, I was tempted with Sanderberg but didn't really fancy going there um, Johan Berg Goodmanson was one that I kind of half felt like picking who had uh, a spell at Burnley um, I watched him a few times when he was at Burnley and I always Had thought we that... just mentioned Goodmanson as well in terms of the fact that he was the catalyst for England losing to Iceland in Euro 2016 with his long throw-ins and the fact that Roy Hodgson and Gary Neville who watched Premier League football all the time didn't want to take note of that before going to European Championships and didn't want to notice how to defend against Goodmanson goes to show that yeah he is he, made his mark on English football Goodmanson has yeah he's got his own piece of history there hasn't he to be fair yeah, that was a fun game. Bringing on Jack Wilshire at half time. Yeah, good one, Roy Hodgson. Good one, Gary Neville. That's why you need to stay in the studio, Gary Neville. That was the night of my prom. That was, you know, my high school prom. I was um, no way. I, I was at the prom, and the DJ was occasionally pausing the music to give us live match updates to the England versus Iceland game. And I think did we go a goal behind? We did, didn't we? Went no, we behind. we finished we finished one nil. I think Rooney scored the penalty, and then that's when we lost the lead. Who loses a lead to Iceland in the European Championship? So, we, ah, so we, we were a goal up, were we? Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense now. I can remember us going a goal up and everyone being elated on the dance floor. Yeah. And then I remember him saying, oh, sorry guys, Iceland have equalised. And everyone was like, oh. oh. And there was a big lull, especially when the second goal went in. It was like everyone was sort of, it was half and half. There was people trying to keep the, the party going who weren't particularly bothered about football. And then there was all the lads who were bothered about football who were all absolutely gutted because we were going to lose against a country with a population the size of Coventry. It was, um, yeah, not a great night for me, to be fair. 
on and off topic, that's quite crazy. When you think about the population of some countries compared to other countries, and some countries are huge in terms of like China, India, Russia, for example, compared to like Iceland, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, for example, and they've got quality in football. It shows what some countries prioritize over others as well in terms of sport. Um, just quite crazy. But yeah, as is this crazy final pick for both of us, both of our wild cards were strikers. Travis needs a partner for Erling Brandt Haaland, and I need a partner for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And um, yeah, let's let's crack on with it. I'll go first with this one. Um, I've got three from Norway. So I can't pick a certain Norwegian that I'd pl- I've, I've rushed up. Nah, yeah, I, I feel like I regret not saving a Norwegian pick for him as well. I know exactly who you're talking about. John then Carew, my, yeah, John. I was thinking of yeah, I was thinking of uh, John Carew. Talk, <laughs> Alexander Soloff of Real Sociedad, my boy. Um, Denmark. We, we, three not, we not talk about Solskjaer. No, nah, definitely talk about Solskjaer. Oh, I was, was going to say. <laughs> just I was think, joking at first, and it seemed like you'd forgot about him. No, no, he's, he's definitely on my list. Uh, Denmark I can't use as well, so I can't even use Martin Brathwaite, the former Barcelona striker, so I can't use him. And Middlesbrough. Don't forget Middlesbrough. He is amazing at Middlesbrough. Um, Finland I've got, Sweden. Oh, Sweden! Oh, thankfully. Henrik Larsson. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I'm you, surprised Henrik it took Larson. you that long to get to that. I'm looking through my list normally because I don't make notes on these kind of drafts. I'm just kind of there like, oh yeah, let's go, but that's my third and final pick for Sweden. Henrik Larsson and Zlatan Ibrahimovic are my front two. And let me talk about Henrik Larsson because I feel like I talk about him like once a year on, on the podcast in a big detail. So let me go ahead and talk about Henrik Larsson in terms of how underrated this striker was. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Barcelona don't win that 2006 Champions League without Henrik Larsson. Everyone talks about how Iniesta came off the bench and changed the game. But Henrik Larsson was the one with the two assists. He was the one that was dictating the play and everyone's like oh yeah Iniesta he came off the bench Messi was on the bench and he didn't come on but Henrik Larsson was a goal scorer at Sweden he was a maestro at Sweden he was someone who could he dictated a whole league in Sweden Henrik Larsson did and it goes to show how talented he was when he went to play for Frank Frank Reichardt at Barcelona it's also quite funny as well if anyone's got the chance to watch this this interview Thierry Henry is a bit annoyed after losing the Champions League final in Paris in his home country um, to Barcelona. He then goes to Sky Sports, I think, and he says, there was there was no Ronaldinho, there was no Eto'o on the pitch um, to, today. It was all about Henrik Larsson. You can talk about Ronaldinho and, and Eto'o all you want, but Henrik Larsson was the one that pulled the strings. And that's when real recognises real, my friend. And with Henrik Larsson as well, won the Champions League with Barcelona, won the Scottish uh, Championship four times, won the Dutch Championship with final um, two times as well is one of the best ever Swedish footballers to ever play the game. His son, Jordan Larson, now plays for FC Copenhagen, which is insane. But his greatest moment in football was his three-month loan spell to Manchester United from January to March 2007. And because it was so great, he actually got a Premier League medal. Did you know Sarah Ferguson actually bended the rules for this one um, because he didn't get the right amount of games or the certain amount of games to win a Premier League medal. But Sir Alex Ferguson requested that Henrik Larsson, because of his impact, because of his influence on the team that he had for three months, got a Premier League medal and the Premier League obliged. Um, so Henrik Larsson is officially a Premier League winner with Manchester United. And um, yeah, fantastic player, amazing player to watch. And 104 caps for his country for Sweden, 37 goals um, for, for, uh, for his country and an amazing player. And other strikers I could have picked, but I'm very happy with Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Henrik Larsson as my front two. Yeah, that's an absolutely tasty front two. Did he only play... Um, how many games did he play for United then? Did he not, yeah, actually, I didn't realise he'd not played enough to uh, to win a medal. Yeah, he only played seven games in the Premier that, League. That's crazy. And absolutely one goal. crazy. Considering the um, reputation that he's got amongst United fans. I mean, I don't think I have spoken to a United fan of the age category to have watched him who doesn't love Henrik Larsson and considering he only played seven games and he's got that kind of love from the United fans that is just absolutely crazy how you achieve that kind of level of cult hero status in seven games is, is crazy because even Suki was talking about it when he played football as well like, oh, Henrik Larsson is, is, is a Man United player and for some people they'll still remember him as a Man United player for scoring a couple goals scored I think a Big vital goal against Aston Villa as well. Um, I think it was rather in the FA Cup on our on our way to the FA Cup. So it goes to show how well he's actually done 
for Manchester United. But we all love him from his Celtic days, especially from his Sweden days, scoring an amazing diving header in the Euro 2004. That was one of my favourite goals um, from Henrik Larsson as well. So it goes to show what a talented player he is. And just like I said, I'll, I'll send you, Travis, the link later to the Ronaldinho and the Eto outburst from Thierry Henry, but he was a fantastic player um, to watch as well. I'm so glad I've got him in my team. But who's going to be in your team, Travis, with Erling Haaland up front? I think whoever I pick, I'm going to struggle to have a front two as good as Henrik Larsson and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I'm really going to struggle. Um, this, is, this, is where you're, this is where you're lying. You're lying! You've got Haaland up front, man. You can't go worse than... What? Even so, I don't think there's an option as good as as good as Larson, who I can choose. Um, Timo Pukki. Yeah, I'm a little bit frustrated at myself for not saving a Norwegian pick for, for Solskjaer. I'm a little bit frustrated, but... We're going to get comments for that. Uh, How are you leaving Solskjaer out? No, yeah, it's, honestly. It's a draft. It's the yeah. limit. Um, oh, it's a really tough one now. Um, it, it's either Pukki or Isak for me. Um, so you can't use Denmark, no? I could use Denmark but I'm certainly not going for Martin Brathwaite you got John Dow Thomason mm. he's a very good striker yeah I know but I'd rather talk about players that I've watched and I've not really watched him to be honest with you I've obviously heard of him I know of him but never really watched him I'm going to go for Alexander Isak just because of the potential that he's got obviously Puki has scored more Premier League goals probably mm. scored more goals internationally I'd imagine um, but yeah Isak I think has the potential to be up there and I think based on current Premier League strikers if you were picking a front two if you're picking two strikers who currently play in the Premier League to start up front next to each other Haaland would obviously walk into it Isak would probably be my other choice just from his versatility his ability to be able to shift out wide and let other players come in centrally um, I think he'd be a great his um, balance on the ball as well. Yeah, honestly. aggressiveness. He's, he's a scary, the scary player, Isak. He's the kind of player that I feel like he it could be good against any opponent because he's got so many strengths. That except Austria, where he missed Austria. three chances. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it, man. Damn it, I flew all the way out here and you can't even score a goal, for goodness sake. I think it'll it'll drop for him. The penny will drop. And he's been brilliant for, for Newcastle since he's signed, since day one. The, the fans seem to love him already, but... I do think we're still waiting for him to go to that next level and really elevate the um, the appearances and the the performances. Um, the consistency, really, yeah. Yeah, he scored a great goal, an absolute goal of the season contender. Oh, no, sorry, not goal. It was a assist, wasn't it? Against Everton, I want to say. Jacob last Murphy's season. Goal, yeah. Last season. And everything about that just shows exactly why he's so good. His composure on the ball, his ability to go past a man, his speed is scary considering he's so tall and strong. He's uh, yeah, he's a he's a brilliant player, and I think I've spoke about him a couple of times on the pod previously because I'm a big fan. So I'm excited to see what he does with the rest of his career. To be fair, but yeah, alongside Haaland, I'm quite happy with that choice. Nicely done. Uh, this is the difficult time where we both have to read out our teams, and we both have to realise actually there's a few players we've both missed out. So Travis, I'll allow you to do the honours for your team first. Um, back to front, what have we got, Travis? Okay, so in goal, I've got Peter Schmeichel. I've gone for a back four of Sammy Hippier on the right, uh, Victor Lindelof, who I'm wishing that I'd have picked Olaf Melberg instead because I didn't mm. realise he was Swedish. So shout out to Olaf Melberg. I wish I'd have picked you. Um, Daniel Agger, partner in Lindelof, and John Arnarisa at left back. Um, my midfield is a flat uh, four across the midfield with Dejan Kulisevsky on the right, Martin Odegaard and Gilfie Sigurdsson in the middle, and Ida Gudjonsson on the left-hand side. And then I've got a front two, um, with Erling Haaland probably staying central, sticking to that number nine position. And I'm going to have Alexander Isak partnering him in that free roam role where he can drop deep if he wants to. He can pull over to the left and let Good Johnson come inside. He can go over to the right and let Kulisevsky come inside. I'm uh, I'm really enjoying the look of this team, actually. I think that Isak pick, being able to drift wide like he, he, he does so effectively, the players that I've got on the wings, Kulisevsky and Good Johnson, would be so good at cutting in. So I think him being able to drift wide on either side makes that a very versatile uh, attacking lineup. So yeah, that's my team. I think Johnson would be the glue for that team as well in terms of just that, in that attack, in that final third, he'd just knit everything together. I think he'd be my what? captain, you know, looking at it. If I was picking a captain, mm. I know we don't really bother with captains, but it'd be good Johnson or Smeichel, I think. 
and I'm not a big fan of of goalkeeper captains. I prefer an outfielder. So I probably says the man who watched Hugo Lloris for years as captain. Exactly. I'm not a great fan. Ah, good team, that good team. Now, my one. Did you write mine down or am I going to freeload it? Oh, let me freeload it. I did write it down, yeah, if you want Let's, me to send it to you. Nah, you, you can say it out loud, but that's okay. Okay, yeah, uh, we've uh, for Hamza's team then, we've got um, UC Askelainen in goal. We've got uh, back four of uh, Joachim Myler, um, Ronnie Jonsson, Henningberg and Herman Horidison. Man United bias. <laughs> Big time. Mm-hmm. Um, another flat midfield uh, like mine are Freddie Lundberg on the right, and Christian Eriksen and Michael Laudrup in the middle, and Morton Gamster Pedersen on the left hand side. Left out Thomas got, Gravison as well. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's mm. a good good point. Um, we've got then one of the best strike partnerships of all time: Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Henrik Larsson. You can't. Man United bias them. as well. Yeah, there's it. There is a lot of uh, Man United presence in that team actually. Eriksen, Ibra, Larson, Jonsson, Berg, yeah, yeah. If I had, if I had Michael, I'd have had the whole spine as Man United, which is yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> crazy. You beat me to it, which is the case. Um, but yeah, just before we wrap up the podcast, now we've got to decide who are the top five Scandinavian players currently. No, not currently. We'll do all time actually. We'll do all time. Number five. Who would you put at number five, Travis? It's a joint list. It's not going to be individual. So from all the players we've spoken about, who makes it onto the list? Number five, let's have a look. It's difficult to go from five down to one because I've got to think who's above them. Mm. Let's have a quick look. Um, All I'm saying is Schmeichel is top two. Yeah, Schmeichel's top two easily. Yeah, I wouldn't go him. I'm going to go for Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen. Five. Five. Nicely done. Number four, I'm going to go for... I think I'll go for... This is going to be controversial, but I'm going to go for him already. Erling Haaland at number four. I like it. I like it. Um, Who's your number three? Number three. Oh, it's uh, it's getting tough now, isn't it? Um, yeah. Let's have a look. I'm going to go for at number three. Um, do you know, I feel like Haaland could have gone in a little bit later, you know. I feel like there's a good... I'm going to go Michael Laudrup, number three, I think. Michael Laudrup. Probably the best choice for number three. Number two. Now, I've got three, but I can't put three into two. So, Peach Michael's got to be in there. So, I'm definitely going to put Peach Michael at number two. Um, amazing goalkeeper. Now, we've got a number one. It's rather number one. Well, this guy just gets left, left out because of our Russian roulette system. So, we have to agree on number one for this one. And I think Zlatan Ibrahimovic would be... Yeah, Zlatan would have been my shout. Yeah, 100%. He was the one I was pretty much saving for number one. Mm. So that means Henrik Larsson must be number six then because Eriksson, Haaland, Laudrup, Schmeichel and Zlatan make up our list, which would be good. Um, Sorry, Henrik Larsson, as much as I was glorifying you earlier, you didn't even make our top five list. But it's a joint list. I'll blame Travis if you ever listen to this one as well. Hey, you put put Haaland in at number four, mate. That could have been Larsson all day long. I think this is on you. It could have been, it could have been, but you also said Harlan could have gone in earlier, but it is what it is, as we say. Um, but no, I'm happy with that list. It's a fantastic list. And Erling Harlan, when we look back at it in like three years' time, Erling Harlan will be like numero uno, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, After what is, what is achieving. As, lo- as long as they achieve at international level, that's all we can say, um, which is pretty good as well. And it has been a pretty good podcast. I've enjoyed this draft. And it's quite nice doing a draft just with the two of us as well, because it was a very difficult topic, this one as well. As much as the countries that we had to look through, we, neither of us picked a Faroe Islands player because we couldn't find it. We yeah, both could you had name to, one? <laughs> couldn't find one. Couldn't find one that would have been on this on this level that a lot of them were at. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Scandinavian countries as well. A very big developing part in the footballing world and lots to look forward to with their younger players coming up forward. One young player I got to watch uh, Jesper Carlsen from Sweden he was a fantastic winger he came off the bench and did a really good job as well and um, he's not a young player as well but Emil Forsberg shout out to him I thought he was a fantastic player of the years and playing in for RB Leipzig now has been a fantastic servant for them uh, for a good number of years as well but I think we'll talk about a lot more Scandinavian ballers over the season coming as we are doing on our podcast anyway which is really someone good. else who we haven't mentioned just quickly which I didn't mention because he's before my time and like I told you earlier I don't Really like to talk about players I haven't watched. Um, Yari Lippmann, I think a lot of people would probably be frustrated that we've not picked. Liverpool um, fans especially. 
yeah, widely regarded as one of the sort of best attacking midfield players of his generation. So I think, um, yeah, he would be one that has, has missed out probably more of an age thing more than anything, especially with myself. So, yeah, but shout out to Lippmann as well. Nicely done. Breda Hangelen, last one for me, Fulham centre-back. Yes, yeah, huge, huge head. <laughs> yes, someone who could have gone to a bigger club as well, but he stayed at Fulham respectively, um, yeah, which is great player. as well. Very good centre-back on his day. Um, but yeah, at, that's the end of the day for us. Everyone, thank you very much for listening on this week's podcast. It's been great to have you all on um, listen as well. Do send us your favourite all-time Scandinavian teams and your Scandinavian players going forward. As you know, we are talking a lot more about European football and world football over this season. And I'm glad you're all enjoying it. And the feedback we're getting is fantastic. Um, recently hitting number one on Feedspot's number one uh, podcast, which is incredible for British Asian podcasts as well. And um, more to it I guess we're going to continue bringing you more and more content we're going to be bringing better quality over the season and um, mostly because it's just better to do it this way it's better to learn in this manner as well it's better to bring content for what people want to see and want, want to listen to as well and hopefully we don't get too much flack Travis for not including Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in our or Rasmus Hoyland as well we know there'll be Rasmus Hoyland fans already who'll be like oh why didn't you put him in it's a bit early for Hoyland I think give it a couple of years and he'd be in the conversation probably no one can argue about our front two that's all I'm saying either of our front two no one can argue with them yeah I'd agree with that yeah if I'd not if I'd not picked three Norwegians already Solskjaer walked into my team but because the way I see it you went for the present great strikers and I went for the past great strikers yeah that's true yeah yeah it's like um, this generation versus the last one yeah it's quite cool actually that one I got the excuses out early as everyone can hear as well, <laughs> which is great. But everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care and we'll see you on the next podcast. Take care and um, do subscribe to us on YouTube as well. A lot more YouTube com- content coming out um, for you to enjoy. See you later and goodbye.